Rachel McElroy. Hello, this is Griffin McElroy. Yeah, I know. You said, hi, I'm Rachel McElroy. <laughs> and you did it in such a... Fo- this is wonderful. It's a podcast about this things we wonderful. Like. I liked it, though. It was very... It was different. It's like a news anchor. Hi, I'm Rachel McElroy. And I'm sad to report that all the pizza got, got by the Noid. Breaking news today. Sad news this Wednesday morning. The Noid strikes again worldwide with his neurotoxin that only affects pizza's brains i guess because it is a neurotoxin you know i bet pizza hut was like Domino's. that's such a silly gimmick but where's pizza hut now uh still making pizza i think right or did they shut did they shut down where's i haven't, I haven't seen a pizza hut in a very okay long time. but that could just be because just because you don't see them doesn't mean they're well, not Domino's. There. i know yeah i mean Domino's is all over that this. Pizza so there is something to be said for this strategy of let's make a mascot and the mascot is just somebody who comes around and fucks up our shit <laughs> i like that so the new apple computers maybe we get uh john hodgman back and he's playing the pc but this time he just beats the fucking shit out of a bunch of mac <laughs> Books and iPads, and he, you know, throws a big box of iPads in the river. And then you get little posable John Hodgman's. Yeah, and it's like you got to get, you better get these iPads before Hodgman throws them all in the river, like some sort of revolutionary war guy. Yeah, lots like of the, lots like of the Boston Tea Party, like the Boston guy, well, whoever that doing. was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So this is wonderful, and this is a podcast that we do sometimes, and who you know when we feel like it. Get off our fucking jocks. I didn't know you, you were our dad. <laughs> um, do you have any small wonders? Uh, I can't remember mine. Will you go first? Yes, I do remember mine. It's that five-pound bag of jelly beans from uh, the Starburst Company. Still getting in there. Still working my way through those. Thank you to the listener who sent those in. It's just like a nice little, you know, if I'm walking through the kitchen and I'm doing something, and maybe sometimes I even make a little detour to go in the kitchen because I know my friend, the now four-pound bag of jelly beans (laughs) is in there. You know, I'll just stop in and I'll grab a couple, you know? That reminds me what mine was going to be. Oh. Gummy vitamins. Yeah, you have a fun way of referring to this uh, in a way that I find like maybe it's a slam on me because I <laughs> eat these so much. Um, Griffin is a big gummy vitamin fan, and I feel like we have containers of them all around the house. Yeah, sort of little um, dead drops, if you will. And um, there is always some in the bathroom. And so occasionally I'll grab a little pawful on my way out. And Griffin chastised me once, said, those are my vitamins. And I said, it's bathroom candy. Yeah, which is a great point. It is why I enjoy (laughs) them. And it is up for grabs. But it was special calcium gummies. And you know my bones. Yeah. When I run too fast, my bones make a whistling noise. Mm -hmm. Because of how porous they are. I hear that because you are always running. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. The other day, I spilled a soda on the floor. And I used one of my porous bones to just soak it right up. (laughs) And then I wrung my bones out over the kitchen sink. And then, you know, fresh, clean bones. Well, kind of clean. They... Still had some soda in them. (laughs) I think I go first this time. Why is this always such a... Why can't we keep this straight? We need a chore wheel or something. I know, we really do. I'm pretty sure I go first. Please go first. I have two themed ones. And my theme for this week is 1995, the year it all came together. (laughs) I thought you were going to do like one of your My Brother, My Brother and Me style 20... 
slates clean or whatever. No, those are um, two things. Very, very, very hard to come up with. <laughs> and two, not even close to worth the effort that it goes into coming up with them. 1995. 95. Where were you? Where were you on your journey? Oh, I mean, I was 13. I was eight. <laughs> I was eight years old. I, ooh, and what a good age. Thir- 13, not so great. That's eighth grade, right? Ugh, yeah. God. Ugh, eighth grade. I mean, we both could have been at the roller skating rink. but oh, Yeah, but you wouldn't have looked my way. You would have been at a birthday party, and I would have been holding hands. Oh man, that bums me out to think about, and I wouldn't have been invited to the party. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been there on my own accord, you know, playing the Simpsons arcade game, because that one kicked ass. But anyway, I was eight, and um, a little movie came out. Movie came out, and we just watched this movie. It is a goofy movie. Now... That's literally the name of it. He he wasn't saying that it's a movie. It, but can I say something? Shoe fits. Big goofy <laughs> shoe. It fits. Because this movie is, it can get goofy. But here's the other thing. It gets serious, too. And I didn't even know a movie could do that. <laughs> I wish I love. So we just we just watched it. Um, we were inspired by its recent cameo on uh, an episode of Gil and Gilbert, the very good Polygon streaming series that we uh, that we watched. And Brian sang a little bit of the music from the mo- from the movie. And then this weekend, I was like, we were looking for something to watch with Henry. I was like, Goofy movie, here we go. Um, there was a great arc to our viewing of a Goofy movie because Rachel had never seen it before, and we watched a little bit of it that morning, and then later that night, Henry had gone to bed. We were looking for something to watch. I was like, how about more Goofy movie? And Rachel said, no, I wasn't really enjoying it. And I said, who are you, but okay. <laughs> and then I woke up the following morning, and Rachel was already up with Henry, finishing, polishing off that old nut. That is a Goofy movie. And she was like, okay, yes, this movie is very it is, good. It is, very good. It's very, very good. Um, I feel like though it is like a '90s kids, like '90s kids love this thing to like talk about a goofy movie. Like yeah, I think it's like a BuzzFeed listicle. It is very easy, I think, to write people off for being sort of ironic about it, or only talking about like the big musical numbers in it as being like the thing that they remember. And so, in an effort to kind of avoid that, I don't want to talk about the music. I just want to focus on like the movie because I think that. Not nah, just kidding. The music fucking rules. <laughs> the music is extremely good. realized we started watching it and very quickly it became clear to me this is basically a musical it is a musical and it also is a musical about like the troubles between a father and son and i don't know where the mom is is that ever made clear in the goofiverse i don't think so there's probably some apocryphal goofy here's the thing though i mean she definitely left him right and not like she passed away. Oh, man. Yeah, because I don't think they would get into... I mean, either scenario doesn't hit me first glance as especially goofy. <laughs> but um, That's a good point. This movie, y'all, it has... It has no right to be as good as it is. I remember going to see it in theaters when I was eight, and I was like dragged there by my mom and dad, and I was like... I was already so sure that I was too cool to see this movie, which in a lot of ways made me like Max from a goofy right. movie, the cool sort of teenage son who thinks he's too cool for his goofy dad. 
But then the jams came on, and I was like, uh-oh, this movie's too cool for me. I feel like this movie's <laughs> going to kick me out of it for being in it for not being cool enough. It is uh, an animated musical, and it's about this... Ro- You've fucking seen a Goofy movie, or you haven't. And if you haven't, you don't need me telling you about what the Goofy movie's about. Um, but it is. It, it dives into, like... Here's the thing. I feel like there was a point where Disney movies and especially like Pixar movies, which I know is like its own sort of jam, but I feel like there was a point where it was like, okay, these are going to start being these kind of like fun, family-friendly affairs that also start tackling some serious shit. And that's not to say that like the old, you know, Black Diamond, whatever they were called, or Blue Diamond, I forget, like the special VHSs, but like Beauty and the Beast and... um. Uh, 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 wow, that's the only Disney that's movie the only I can remember. Little Mermaid. Little Mermaid. It's not to say that they didn't like tackle that stuff, but I'm talking about that real relatable shit that like all the Pixar movies like try to dial into. Yeah. And like, I feel like a goofy movie kind of does that because it's about being embarrassed by your goof ass dad. Yeah. And also trying to do your best for your son and not knowing how and getting lots of unsolicited advice from a bunch of dipshits. And there's, Maybe something a little bit relatable in me. <laughs> also, I know that I'm going to be a, an embarrassing dad, and I've already come to come to grips with that. Um, but this movie really shows their relationship from two perspectives: from the perspective of like a young person who's you yeah. know trying to fit in and trying to nurture this new exciting relationship, um, and this dad who's like losing touch with his son. That's that's what won me over is that the movie started and it's like surly teen thinks dad is lame, and I was like, oh, I've seen this one before, uh, and so I was just kind of going along with it, and then you really get to see the dad side of it. And that's the heart. Man. And that's the heart of that it. And, it and there are lots and lots of scenes that like really delivers on that heart in a way yeah. that like I had forgotten about. Here's the thing about this movie, y'all. And I, I hope at this point you, I have broken through the surface of like irony. Like this movie not only has like, this movie's not only still a good watch. I feel like it's gotten better with time in a way. <laughs> I feel like I enjoyed the music a lot when I was a kid. Um, and now, like, that sound is so fresh to me because there's nobody really making jams like that anymore. Uh, but also, like, the themes, the, the family themes, like, really resonated with me a lot more on this, on this most recent watch. Um, so, okay, we've talked about the music. Uh, the, it, it's a musical, right? So there's a lot of music that is sort of set to their trip. There's like an on the open road song they sing as they hit the road. But the two big numbers are sung by a fictional rock star named Powerline. And the first one is called Stand Out from the Crowd. It's fine. The second song, uh, which plays in the big climactic finale of the movie, is called Eye to Eye. It is the slap. It is so, <laughs> so good. I've listened to it like 10 times today. This the, the scene that it underscores is three minutes long, and it ties together the entire movie set to this fucking dope song that has a key change in it that is a gift to all of us from Tevin Campbell, who does the voice of Powerline. Uh, it is it is so good, and the song's really good. And I don't know, we just, we just rewatched it, and it really stood out to me. I cannot think of too many movies from my childhood. And I watched the shit out of this movie as a kid, especially once it was out on VHS. That has actually like improved with time. I was nervous to watch it with you because I was like, yeah. uh-oh, what if it stinks? But no, that's a good one. I really, at first, I was. It, it felt very pat to me, like the premise and the characters, and I was just like, I don't get it. And then I really hung in there, and it paid off in a big way. So here's the thing. A goofy movie, much like Nick Drake, 
unappreciated in its time. Oh, no. This movie has a 53% on Rotten Tomatoes. Here Ooh. are some of the reviews written uh, by certain critics. Uh, time Out says, insipid songs and not much story. Hey, you need to take a fucking time out in the garbage can, <laughs> which is where you and this review belongs. And inco- this is uh, San Francisco Chronicle, an incoherent mess that jumps from one unlikely brainless crash bang situation into another. It does a, a, it, yeah, it a little bit. Juicy Cerebellum. Oh, why are you on Rotten Tomatoes? Nobody knows what this is. Disney quickie without any heart. It has lots of heart. It really does. It's more heart than you well, have. Also, let's go back to that previous review about the like the the whiz bang scenarios. Yeah, like that's goofy. That's goofy. Hello, that's kind of goofy. I'd like you to meet my friend Goofy. He's a weird dog with a son, which means somebody fucked him at some point. But anyway, <laughs> all he wants is for his son to love him. He's going to do his best, and I'm sorry if he doesn't do it. He, sorry that he's not the ideal dad there. San Francisco Chronicle. Scott Weinberg, efilmcritic.com says, yep, all goofy all the time. Okay. There you go. So not completely unappreciated. I like, I like Griffin's movie corner. This is fun. I've done this before talking about the Pokemon movie and like seeing how it got slammed and that one's fine. Whatever. A goofy movie is good and people who call it out for not having enough heart are just weren't watching the same movie as everybody else. Yes. Anyway, a goofy movie holds up. Holds up. What's your first thing? lightning bugs i love these guys and they're fascinating too did you have louis the lightning bug i don't know what you, you gotta mean. play it safe around electricity oh yeah yeah of course well you say of course who what because i thought he was like a local power company mascot i think they me. used him for all power companies I don't know, but oh. th- i know this okay sorry i didn't mean to distract i love lightning bugs <clears throat> are you searching for it right now no <laughs> He's an AEP mascot, which I guess did like, I don't know. We can't go down. Well, next week we'll do a whole segment on the way the lightning bug. Uh, so lightning bugs, um, have special light emitting organs, usually on the lower abdomen. I don't like thinking about bugs having organs. <laughs> to me, they're just kind of like crunchy bug stuff. They have this enzyme called luciferase. Uh, which in the presence of magnesium and oxygen produces light. Okay. But not all fireflies light up. Oh my God. This is a children's book waiting to be written. Apparently California and other places on the West coast have fireflies, but they don't light up. Then they ain't fireflies. They're weird. They're just like weird mosquitoes at that point. Fireflies are actually beetles. Apparently. What? Yeah. They're beetles. If you think about it, their bodies look like little beetles. Yeah. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Sorry, I'm still distracted by the fact that some of them don't light up. Why wouldn't they get their own bug name at that point? Is it just like, okay, never mind. I'm going way too deep down the rabbit hole so early on this one. Um, so there are more than 2,000 species of fireflies. Um, and they don't all glow the same color if they do light up. Have you ever seen different colors? Because they gave an example of a firefly in the Southern Appalachian Mountains, which Hmm. I thought maybe you'd be familiar with. I mean, for me, it's kind of like um, light bulb colors, and maybe that's too obvious an answer, but you get some, like this one, like, you know, lamp. Do you remember lamp? 
I do. Oh, we love this lamp. Like, oh, like the Anchorman joke. Yeah. But it has a nice soft yellow glow. And then there's some that have a harsh, bright white glow. And I feel like lightning bugs. But I've never seen like, I don't know, a blue one. There's yellow, orange, and there is. There's blue. That's oh. The Southern Appalachian Mountain one is blue. I'm more Western Appalachia. Um, oh, okay. I don't really know how this works. Well, if it's the Appalachian work. Mountain region, that encompasses pretty, like 14 states. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so the flashing of the light is typically associated with males. Horny. Um, yeah, to... Oh, attract, yeah. I was guessing, but it really? when you're talking about animals and the weird stuff they do, answer is most of the time horny. <laughs> but there is one species um, of female uh, that can perform an array of robust flashes meant to mimic the come hither calls of females from other firefly species. Desperate to mate, males will soar to investigate what looks like an amorous female and are promptly devoured. By another lightning bug? Yeah. So the lady lightning bug will lure them in and then munch them. I mean... They're called femme fatales. Wait, that's really their name? Yeah, like informally. Holy shit. Some of them will even take to the skies and hunt blinking males on the wing. This is known as hawking. They've also been known to filch other fireflies that have become trapped in spider webs. Holy shit. So they're shit. like super predators. Super predators taking the other food from the other predator. You got to be careful with that. Well, femme fatale, you're going to get eaten up by a spider yourself. <laughs> Do you think if a spider eats enough fireflies, their guts will turn glowy? Ooh, that's a Ooh. Goosebumps book waiting to happen. I'm coming up with a lot of kids' books ideas over here. <laughs> um, Yeah, so... But fireflies, for me, now that the weather's starting to get warmer, I'm starting to get excited. Oh, yeah. Uh, about the return of the firefly. I never did the thing. I appreciated the, like, you crush a firefly. Oh, and God. Then, and then you leaves the glow on you. But I never did that. I thought well, that was good. Bad. But I know I've seen people do it, and it's pretty neat. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean... I judge that, right? I remember distinctly going over to uh, the house, like a farmland house of a kid I went to church with, and he got a tennis racket out and killed so many fireflies with it that it was glowing oh. like some sort of, you know, like Mjolnir or something like that. I never did that, but I did catch some of these dudes in a jar, which if you think about it is probably even worse because at least the tennis racket, it's bing, bang, boom. The jar is a slow one. Yeah. I poked holes in it. I'm not a complete animal. But. I don't think I ever caught them other than in my hands. Oh, it's nice. And also probably bad for them. Yeah. Uh, so there, so the, of the 2,000 species, there are over 125 living in the United States. Um, the fireflies produce a cold light, which has no infrared or ultraviolet frequencies. Whoa. Yeah. I mean, I guess that, huh. I guess like phosphorescent stuff doesn't produce heat well no that's weird yeah i can't explain it like iridescence is a type of light that doesn't give off heat right um and so i guess that makes sense i don't know i got i hey babe yeah should we go to science school (laughs) i think so uh so yeah so that's that's some information i got that from uh there's some information on the Smithsonian website about fireflies that I thought were pretty cool. There's so many animals in this world of ours. It's true. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Cosmos, too. <laughs> Griffin Rachel. There's so many animals in this world of ours. And it feels like today everybody's 
beep, boop, 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 beep, boop, cell phone. Uh, and everybody's, you know, for, playing Fortnite on their, on their cell phone. Back in my day, mm. when you would see a glow at night, yeah, it would be a firefly. Yeah. And not somebody's phone. Not somebody's dirty phone. But what I'm saying is if we could get a way to make more animals be glowing, maybe people start looking up from that phone. Is that a big glowing bear? Yeah, it is. Oh, you know, the other thing that's cool about fireflies, so they start out as little larvae, mm. uh, and the larvae glow. Oh, is that where the glow worms comes from? Yeah, I think so. Interesting. Um, but yeah, they'll go like in a tree or in the um, in the ground, and sometimes they'll like incubate for like over a year. Do you think that at any point in the history of the world, a spider has gotten two fireflies in each hand? And then gone to a rave and just been like, (laughs) I hope so. That would be so funny. Can I steal you away? (laughs) (laughs) Not bad, not bad, not bad. I feel good about that. Griffin? Yeah. You know what's a shame? What? Is that when you order uh, meals to be delivered to you, they can only be for dinner. That's true because of the law. But wait, wait, what's this coming across our desk? The law is different now? (laughs) It's factor. These rebels are operating outside the boundaries of food law. (laughs) Factor has breakfast. They have midday bites. They have smoothies. Uh, There's lots of stuff you can get with Factor. What other things can you get with Factor? Well, I'm looking at this menu right now. They got a lot of tasty little options for you. I'm talking about artichoke and spinach chicken with roasted zucchini and tomato butter. Did you even know that butter could be tomato? (laughs) Not me. Shredded chicken and loaded mashed taters. With I changed the word. They say potatoes, but I said taters, precious. With mushroom <laughs> gravy, smoked cheddar, uh, bacon, and Parmesan broccoli. Uh, this this menu is out of sight, and my mouth is just watering looking at these glossy JPEGs of tasty food. So head to factormeals.com slash wonderful50 and use code wonderful50 to get 50% off. That's code wonderful50 at factormeals.com slash wonderful50 to get 50% off. It can be intimidating trying to roll with the console cowboys in cyberspace. Um, there's always the worry that maybe they know something that you don't vis-a-vis um, website design or website functionality, and you think, that I could never be that. I could never be among their illustrious ranks. Griffin, if I wanted to build a website where I ranked my favorite episodes of Ghostwriter, would I be able to do that? Well, first of all, it would be the same list as everybody else's with the Julia Styles <laughs> episode at the top. But yes, you can do that with Squarespace. It's the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. Do you want to have special functionality, like maybe a members-only VIP club section of your website? You can do that. Do you want to sell stuff? Yeah, you can do that too. Do you want to have an online scheduler so that people you can, you can sell uh your time yeah you can do that also anything is possible 
that's um there for the commercial the super bowl commercial they had that was my voice yelling anything is possible in the wow background. yeah not a lot of people know that hey head to squarespace.com slash wonderful pod for a free trial and when you're ready to launch use offer code wonderful pod to save 10 percent off your first purchase of a website or domain oh nice i'm gonna record just a bunch of those and then we can drop them in after each advertisement and it'll be like you know, a little stamp, a little seal of approval. Do you want to read the first Jumbotron? <laughs> yes. This message is for, and this is what it says. Uh-oh. This message is for three jerks. Oh, God. And it is from the fourth jerk. Oh, I see. <laughs> a little self-raz. A year ago, I would never have thought that I would meet my best friends in a video game based on screaming in terror as someone chases you down to do a bad hit on you. Well, this is nice. But here we are. Thank you for talking to me as I fall asleep, for talking me down from panic attacks, for genuinely loving me and helping me learn to love myself. I love you. You think we're talking about like um, Pokemon Snap? Or I was going to ask you what video game it it's was. It's probably PUBG. Oh. Wait, what is it? Three? Um, screaming in terror as someone chases you down to do a bad hit on you. Yeah, I mean, probably PUBG. I mean, it has teams of four. I don't know. Anyway, that's just off the dome. It's either that or Pokemon Snap. Uh, here's another Jumbotron. This one is for uh, Miyako, the alpha singer, and it's from Adam, the Omega Brown. Oh, wait. I think singer is the last name, but probably with a last name like that, you gotta have some pretty good pipes, yeah? Anyway. Hey, Goose, happy burp day. it's just people are amazing (laughs) okay language is amazing we can do so much with it happy burp day oh man i hope you're having a grand day even if this message doesn't fall on your actual birthday which was january 5th okay so we we had our own little burp day, if you know what I mean. We really burped <laughs> it on this one. Um, I hope we have more bat hugs, snake kisses, and ham soups this year. Either way, do you want to get Indian tonight? I'm hoping to get some dippables going, and it's cold out, and Indian sounds nice and warm. Let me know. You have my number. This is an all-time very good message. Oh, like Word pound for pound, letter for letter. You really made use of this space. Hello, are you looking for a new comedy podcast? In which case, can I draw your attention to the Beef and Dairy Network podcast? It's a fictional industry podcast for the beef and dairy industries. It won Best Comedy at the 2017 British Podcast Awards, and it features wonderful guests such as Greg Davis. To my knowledge, it's the only cow circus that's ever existed in this country. In rural Russia, every small town has a cow circus. Josie Long. You should have a beef. Have a beef with them. I have a beef with you. I will have a beef with you. Come round my house and I'll have a beef with you. And Andy Daly. That virus never existed. There was never any such thing as a mad cow disease. That was all an illusion that uh, Big Lamb came up with. That's the Beef and Dairy Network podcast. Find us at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts from. And I would recommend starting at episode one. Bye. My march through 1995 continues with my next topic. Oh, please. So, a little bit of backstory. And okay. Rachel's going to know this because it's her life. Um, Henry, who is our son, is at an age now where his personality is starting to 
develop and really come forward. And that process as a parent, uh, if you, if you have kids, you, you probably know is very magical. It's very cool. Your baby goes from this like little person who is essentially a Tamagotchi that you have to keep alive by pressing the diaper button and the food button and the don't, don't drop or let fall down button over and over again. Um, but then at a certain age, they begin to develop wants and preferences and ways of expressing themselves that is like uniquely them. And that's very cool because that feels like a new person has shown up and it's a person that like doesn't exist anywhere else in the world. It's neat. It's like a way of like really driving that home. However, there's one place where Henry expresses himself in a way that makes me incredibly miserable. And that is in the backseat of my car, literally at any point driving because he does a yell. He does a, he does one long yell that sort of goes from the beginning of when we start driving to the end, which is a natural thing. He's learning, you know, I can make noise. And so he's doing it. The car, however, is a place where I have to focus in order to keep, um, from driving into a ditch. Uh, obviously. And so having a screaming human being in the backseat of the car is not ideal. Um, and so on long car drives, I resort to listening to music that keeps Henry placated. And there's one track, which inexplicably always does the job. I genuinely do not know if I actually enjoyed this song anymore or if I ever enjoyed it, but I do know that I owe it a huge debt of gratitude. This is that song. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> oh, Dave. You took us a it. while to get you here. Took us a it? while, Dave. You, you know, your schedule is all full up. Our our schedule is all full up. And I'm so glad we've come together. You brought the whole band. and That's cool. Henry is asleep. So if you wouldn't mind keeping it down. Actually, your jam is his jam. So if you want to go in there and do a little tiny desk concert, <laughs> that might be good. This is Dave Matthews Band's. Uh, they call it their anthem, or I guess Dave has called it their, their oh, band's really? anthem is Ants Marching, which is off their chart-topping album of the 90s, Under the Table and Dreaming. Now, I am not a big Dave Matthews Band fan. However, I am a big fan of not veering my car off the road into a ravine or something, and so I am a big Ants Marching fan, because this song gets the fucking job done. Also, can I say something, Griffin? Griffin yeah. is, is very shy, and so he wouldn't admit this. Okay. But he has a really enjoyable impression of Dave Matthews uh, singing this song. Yeah. I mean, the lyrics I can't remember a lot of, but there's one that's like, Candyman, something, the loss of a sweet tooth, torture by the weight loss. I can't do it. He's asleep, and I would really I take these chances. Yeah. Uh, here's a problem. No, I don't want to get into it, but a lot of my <laughs> impressions end up being Aaron Neville. <laughs> so um, listening to it as often as I have, which is to say four times a day. Wow, really? Four or five times a day has given me time to analyze Ants Marching with an almost like exegetical eye just a really really deep deep dive and let me say this off the top this song is the 90s at least one four of the 90s crystallized into pure fucking amber (laughs) i don't actually really know what it's about oh we're gonna get into that too okay i'm not just talking about how it was everywhere in the 90s but just like musically speaking it's got some do you know about canyon dot midi 
this is a song that came with every Windows computer, and it is the most... It sounds like a sitcom opening that Bill Gates himself composed. He did not. There was somebody who like made all this music that came on and like you got your sound blaster card and you installed oh. it in your computer and it'd be like This song is that to me, but for the entire <laughs> decade of the nineties. Um, the dueling saxophone and violin played by the late Leroy Moore uh, and Boyd Tinsley uh, could be cut out of the song and shot into space for aliens to know more <laughs> about the 90s than a whole library of historical texts could possibly get across. Um, it just, it, any song that, there is no song that sounds like this. There is no way to compare it to anything. To me, though, a saxophone in a rock song from the 90s now we're talking now that's what i call 90s it reminds me of being at the uh neighborhood swimming pool uh i don't know if you're well you didn't have a lot of pool options i know where you grew up but they used to play the radio and this song was constantly on the radio and so when i hear it i think of being being a 13 year old at the pool it reminds me of a couple of guys on the street in New York and they're wearing sunglasses that the lenses are very small and they're wearing <laughs> turtlenecks and they both have denim jackets that they sort of throw over their shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's a, that's a real vivid picture. That's what this song reminds me of. The other thing about ants marching that I've realized in listening to it so many times is that the message of the song is so douchey and so condescending. I'm going to go ahead and cross this bridge. I do think I like this song. I've you done do it. Like I've done it at karaoke song. before. Yes. Um, I did it at karaoke before because Dave Matthews is very fun to sing his, his very special voice that he does with uh, the organs that God gave him. These are some of the lyrics from the song. And like you hear them on the radio. And when you listen to the song on the radio, you're just waiting for the loosen, loosen, cut, cut. You're just waiting for that part. And so you don't actually listen. But here's some of the words. Driving in on this highway, all these cars end up on the sidewalk. People in every direction. No words exchanged. No time to exchange. And all the little ants are marching. Red and black antennas waving. They all do it the same. They all do it the same way. Well, fuck you, Dave. I'm just... Hey, I'm sorry, Dave, that I'm going to Starbucks like a lot of other people. I need caffeine because I was up until 2 a.m. last night doing work on the podcast, and I had to go into drive Henry to daycare early in the morning. Sorry I went to Starbucks like a lot of other people did. Can you get off my fucking balls for a second, Dave Matthews' entire band? (laughs) Right? I'm sorry that I'm at the mall, but, like, J. Crew clothes fit me pretty well and so i just thought i would dip in here on my lunch break and get a new belt you (laughs) fucking dick it's not uncommon for musicians to make the observation that people are living in a uh a little boxes type they're sheeple so it's funny we actually covered a song like that from regina specter goes to corporate future however i feel like goes to corporate future while it does identify like this thing, it also does it in an, like a hopeful way. And the message of that song ultimately is like, if you realize that like everybody's kind of in the same boat, then that's how you get inspired to like try and, you know, shake things up every once in a while. This song is like, you, you're a fucking ant to me. I'm Dave Matthews band. I'm going to dump my bus's whole load of poop on your boat. <laughs> Handle it. I'm being hard on the song for com- for comedy's sake, but it just stuck out to me because I've sung this song and enjoyed this song in the car with my son 
so many times, but I think the message of you're all ants is like a little bit. Now the chorus, take these chances, put them in a box until a quieter time lights up you up and die. Lights down you up and die. I don't even think there's anything especially helpful in there. There's nothing very <laughs> prescriptive, I think, in the whole song, which would have been refreshing. But Griffin, yeah, this podcast is called Wonderful. I here's the thing: I like the song. I like the song. It the message leaves a gross taste in my mouth, but what doesn't leave a gross taste in my mouth is not driving into a building. <laughs> um, also, the violin solo at the end fucking rules. Yes, it's, it's a very very, very good. good violin solo. It does make it not as fun to sing it at karaoke. I'm sorry, I went off. On the lyrics of it, I was just surprised when I finally read the lyrics of it, what I had been enjoying for so long. But this song reminds me of 1995 because, and that was a good year for me because a goofy movie also came out that year. (laughs) And so I'm so grateful for it. Also, one last thing. The song Ants Marching, it appeared on a live album that came out before Under the Table and Dreaming. So the song had been on an album before. That album was called Remember Two Things. The cover of that album was a magic eye picture of a hand giving you the peace sign. If that is not the most fucking 90s shit ever, I do not know what is. That's a time capsule right there. That is a time capsule. That's what I'm saying. We got to get it up in the space. Do you ever have those magic eye books? I did. Uh, I had like a book. I don't think I could ever do any of them because of my blind spot. Even when you were little, little? Yeah, I guess I've always had this. You know, I've always had trouble diagnosing of when this blind spot showed up, but I've never (laughs) been able to do a magic eye painting. So maybe it's really just been from birth. And I just said magic eye painting. And that's an interesting (laughs) concept, isn't it? Oh, let's go to the Louvre and take in the... The magic eye exhibit. Like, hey, uh, Monet, this one sucks. And then he's like, no, no, no. Get up on it and make your eyes all weird. <laughs> it's a, a dolphin. It's a do- Oh, shit. It's a hand giving the peace sign. <laughs> yeah, it is. Griffin, you want to see this one? I can't. No. Can you describe it to me, Claude Monet? <laughs> What's your second thing? Okay. My second thing is going to require you to get on your computer, potentially. Here we go. Are you familiar with the Twitter account, Faces Picks? No. F-A-C-E-S-P-I-C-S. Okay, yeah, I'm here. It is wonderful. So, should I describe what I'm seeing here? Sure. What we're looking at here is, I'll just go line for line. Uh, this is a, uh, this is a house. And it looks like it had some blinds on it, but the blinds have been broken off in a way that makes it look like a big, scary face. Um, This is a church, but the windows are cut out in a way where it looks like the church is screaming. So that's fun. <laughs> Here's a big rock that looks like a dachshund. So that that I enjoy. And here is a pineapple that looks like my dad. <laughs> um, so I love this. yeah i mean what's not to love (laughs) i think i mean as griffin knows there are a lot of toxic things to find on twitter sure this is a wonderful account yeah with just a delightful message which is there are faces faces in a lot of things just everywhere are you talking are you bringing this specific twitter account or the phenomenon of sometimes faces show up in things both okay Uh, so the name for the uncanny ability to see faces everywhere 
is pareidolia, hmm. which is roughly from the Greek uh, wrong shape. Okay. Uh, this is in a, a Mental Floss article uh, from May 1st. So today, oh, when we're recording it. Whoa, what the fuck? Uh, so human brains are attuned to perceiving faces. Uh, there's an entire region of the brain called the fusiform gyrus that is dedicated to it. Uh, face lobe, we'll call it that. <laughs> These studies uh, have shown that shortly after birth, babies display more interest in cartoon faces with properly p- placed features than in similar images where the features are scrambled. Huh. The, quote, face neurons in people with healthy brains are so overactive that they scream face in many situations where there are no actual faces to be found. <sighs> uh, the face detection skills combined with our brain's compulsion to extract meaning from the sensory chaos that surrounds us is why we see faces where there aren't any. That is cool. Yeah. And spooky as shit. It is pretty spooky. I don't like my brain doing, I mean... My brain's always doing shit that I didn't know I gave it permission to do. That's sort of part of the part of the gig, I guess. I don't like that. It's like, where's a face? Where's a face? Where's a face? Where's a face? Got to find a face. It's like, dude, I'm just trying to eat my Wendy's. Can you calm down? There's a face in the front. There's not. I just went eat my Wendy's. Can you please chill out for a second? Well, and that's the thing. The Mental Floss article talks a lot about people finding faces in their in their toast. Jesus, they do him a lot. Mm-hmm. There is actually some of this article is dedicated to whether or not people with religious tendencies are more likely to see this. Oh, a hundred percent. Yes. <laughs> Was that where they landed on this one? Well, I, I didn't examine that. Okay. Uh, so the pareidolia can be exacerbated in cases of fatigue and in some neurological diseases. Uh, on the flip side, when the fusiform gyrus is damaged due to a stroke or trauma, our ability to recognize faces is impaired. This rare condition is known as prosopagnosia or face blindness. In extreme cases, these patients become unable to identify their own faces in the mirror. Fuck. I know about this from a Japanese video game. Oh, really? I do. Wow. Thanks, Zero Escape series. What My, kind of game is this? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. It's a like kind of a violent sort of uh, visual novel about people who get trapped in a deadly game. Anyway. Anyway. That's neither here nor there. Uh, so I, I've seen a lot of faces um, in the tops of trees. Like if, if you're driving on the highway, like yeah. you look at the, the tree line. A lot of clouds, obviously. Yeah. Trees. It's funny that you brought this. Um I've seen a lot of faces. And I've rocked them all. Cause I'm a cowboy. And I see a horse I ride. If you wake up our child singing Oh, that it's song. gonna be fucking worth it. She would be so lucky to wake up to that beautiful version of I'm a cowboy baby by John Bon Jovi, not the song. I also have to always remember if it's Bon John Jovi or John Bon Jovi. <laughs> but Bon John Jovi would be crazy, wouldn't it? Don't leave me. If you left me, I would die. <laughs> um, yeah, but anyway, all, all going back to this, this Twitter account is wonderful. I, yes. I, um, discovered it today, which led me on this whole exploration of, uh, the ability to see faces and things. I want to try to describe this, what I'm looking at now. It's a mixer, right? And so it has the two holes where the 
um, um, whisks go into, right? It's like mm-hmm. an electric whisk mixer, and it's a, but it's a stand mixer, right? And so the the part where the whisks go into is bent backwards a little bit, so you have some clearance over the bowl to like plug the whisks in. But there's no whisks in it, so it kind of just looks like a long tubular red man with these hollow <laughs> dead eyes looking sadly into his bowl where his whisks have fallen. It's very good. <laughs> So again, just for those of you that are interested, it's F-A-C-E-S-P-I-C-S. Faces. It's been around since like 2013, 2014. And that's a good username for y'all to have snagged. You want some submissions? Yes. Here's one from Juliana who says, hello, I just wanted to let you, oh, this is less of a submission, more of an update. Hello, I just wanted to let you know that typing is still in school curriculums, at least throughout the Midwest. What we use in my local uh, middle schools is learn to type three. Oh, I have a question, but we'll come back to it. Our local high schools all have keyboarding classes. My friends and I sometimes have typing competitions on TypeRacer. I've never heard of the Mavis Beacon family of products, but they sound rad as hell. So I did a Twitter poll. Yeah. Uh, to see. I got, to, I got slammed. <laughs> to see how many people thought Mavis Beacon was real. And more than the people that thought she was real had never heard of her. Like yeah, 45% the biggest, of my the respondents. Big, the majority said who is Mavis Beacon. And that bummed me out in a major, major way. Learn to type three. Have we really been changing <laughs> typing that we've needed three editions of well, this? Well, maybe the, the text you're typing about now is more like modern. Yeah. Like, you know. Like instead of like, I insert my floppy disk, it's like. I jam my flopper. Into the well. B drive. <laughs> um, here's one from Megan who says, one of the most wonderful things I can think of is pre-peeled garlic in the big container things. The bodega next door to me sells a big thing of garlic for maybe $5 and it lasts me a short lifetime. As somebody who grew up in an Italian-American uh, American household, I would say I use about five times the amount of garlic in any given recipe that it tells me I should use and it has never done me wrong. That's Hell so yeah. nice. Griffin and I are big fans of... Love this vegetable, nut, oh. herb, <laughs> herb, nut, vegetable. What is that? I don't actually... Is it ve- is it a herb or is it a nut? I assume it's an herb. Might be a vegetable. It grows underground like a potato. I know. It's a nightshade. It's poison. I always put about twice as much garlic as any recipe calls Well, and for. I was going to say, too, anytime a grocery store will offer you something that has already been peeled or chopped, I'm a big fan. I want to feel it. I want to pick it up off the thing and smell it. You want to slice your own watermelon? Nobody wants to do that. No, I want to pick up that melon and sniff it deep. Uh, here's one from Michaela who says, I am a teacher and something I find wonderful is the feeling of warm paper fresh off the copier. Sometimes I enjoy placing my cheek against the warm paper <laughs> and just basking in all of the warm paper glory. <laughs> Heck yeah. My mom was the secretary for the church that we grew up attending and I would go, they had two copiers, one in like the front room and one in like the back closet and I would just go. And I remember like scanning my face, not to have funny pictures of my face, but just because it felt so good to get blasted by what was probably like radon. Huh. I did this a lot. A lot? Is that not good? No, I don't think so. Probably not good for your eyes. Oh, that's where it started. 
I could see magic eye paintings. And why did I say <laughs> paintings again? <laughs> this has been wonderful. Thank you all so much for listening. Thank you to Bowen and Augustus for the use of our theme song, Money Won't Pay. You can find a link to that in the episode description. Oh, you know who else we need to thank? Maximumfun.org. Mm-hmm. Thank you for hosting our podcast and all the other great podcasts. Yeah. And yeah, if you want to hear other shows that we do, they're all at McElroyShows.com. And uh, yeah, I think that's it. Um, Thank you all so much. Come on back next time. Come on down to the ranch, why don't you? We'll have a breakfast waiting. Oh, biscuits, eggs, any way you like them. Down here at the Bob (laughs) Evans Podcast (laughs) Breakfast Saloon. We're going to slop you down any way that you need with gravy on your biscuits, pancakes, and jokes written on the napkins by me and Rachel by hand. So come on down to the Bob Evans Podcast Barn. Take it from me. You're going to love how you feel. I guarantee it. And free bathroom candy for the kids. Yeah, but the bathroom costs $5 to get into. That's how we get you. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported. Judge John Hodgman ruled in my favor. Judge John Hodgman ruled in my friend's favor. Judge John Hodgman ruled in my favor. I'm Judge John Hodgman. You're hearing the voices of real litigants, real people who have submitted disputes to my internet court at the Judge John Hodgman podcast. I hear their cases. I ask them questions. They're good ones. And then I tell them who's right and who's wrong. Thanks to Judge John Hodgman's ruling, my dad has been forced to retire one of the worst dad jokes of all time. Instead of cutting his own hair with a floby, my husband has his hair cut professionally. I have to join a community theater group. And my wife has stopped bringing home wild animals. It's the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Find it every Wednesday at MaximumFun.org or wherever you download podcasts. Thanks, Judge John Hodgman.